0: hello everybody welcome back to the upside swings podcast the podcast with the highest ceilings i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by stone hansen and ryan davis how you doing guys
1: pretty good pretty good how are you guys um i'm
2: doing good i just got the playstation 5 so Nice. Um, I'm so jealous. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm enjoying, enjoying that treat, little gift for myself. What are you playing? I, I got. I, I only got 2K right now, and then uh,
0: just warzone You
1: need. That's all you need. But
0: yeah. I can't play That's 2K. Good. I I absolutely cannot play 2K anymore. It it pains me, but I can't. It's just so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it becomes addicting though. I've pretty yeah. much just told myself that I'm not getting a PS5 until the PS6 gets released. So <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for at this point. Well, yeah, this like pod, a... all we
0: have to do is wait for this pod to blow up and we'll get hella money and then you can buy your PS5.
1: <laughs> that's the hook. That's the,
0: hook. <laughs> that's the goal. All right. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about uh, some some very interesting guys in this class us, uh, just sort of a random assortment, a couple guards, a couple wings. Um, Sharif Cooper, Miles McBride. Terrence Shannon Jr., Josh Giddy, and James Booknight. Uh, these are all guys who, who we have very interesting and different views on, and uh, we're just kind of excited to dive into it. So let's start with Sharif. Uh, Stone, what do you think of Sharif Cooper?
1: Uh, I'm very conflicted on Sharif Cooper. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad with Sharif. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll be positive today, and we'll start with the good. Um, so to start off, I think it's pretty easy to say that Cooper is probably the best passer in this class, if not the second best because of Cade, but I would argue the best. Um, and a big part of that is because of his passing versatility. Um, obviously, he's pretty small. He's 5'11, like very best on a good day. A lot of that is because of his hair. Um, he's a really creative passer, uh, he's great at Getting ahead of his initial defender, so once he once he gets past his initial defender and that help defense comes, he's just awesome at finding guys on the wing, finding secondary cutters or rollers, uh, and then the pick and roll, just finding guys in bounce passes, lobs, everything. So I could go, I could make this whole episode about Cherise passing, but um, if you follow this podcast, there's a good chance you already know a pretty good deal about it. Um, some of the things that worry me with Cooper is his shooting, obviously. Like if Cooper doesn't shoot, it's like, it's really difficult for me to, to figure out where his value is on the court, like how valuable he is to a team because there's so much wrong with his shot. Um, for starters with his shot, he shot, I believe like 22% um, from three, 22.8%. And um on his form is just awful like mechanically uh he does this weird thing where when he shoots he like leans back kind of um and it's pretty unesthetically pleasing or not unpleasing i guess you would say um he's also got this weird thing uh when he shoots where he he has kind of a little bit of a hitch in his shot i don't know if it was just me or if that was just like a couple of things that a couple of times I saw that. Um, and he also, when he lands, I notice his legs kind of come down at different spots on the court when he shoots. Like it's not a very consistent lower body movement uh, when he goes up or down. Um, so that that's definitely another concern in terms of mechanically his shooting. Um, and then defensively, uh, he does hold his own defensively, I think, at, at points. But obviously against bigger defenders in the NBA, uh, it's a big question mark in terms of whether he can keep up with these guys or not because uh, we saw um, in college this year with uh, while playing on Auburn that he has um, – there's a lot of instances where guys that are really strong ball handlers are able to get past him fairly easily um, because he's obviously got a pretty narrow radius uh, as a perimeter defender because of those height limitations and not a massive wingspan um so switching and in, in perimeter defense are kind of big question marks because because of that lack of uh that lack of radius defensively um so i could go on and on i have a lot of notes on cooper but uh I'll, I'll, what do you get, have to say about it
0: yeah. so cooper is someone who who really fascinates me because I couldn't really get a gauge on what I thought of him in high school. If I'm going to be honest, I didn't think he was going to be a one-and-done guy. I thought he was probably going to be a four-year point guard at Auburn. Um, but I was wrong. And he he's definitely deserves to be in this one-and-done conversation. Um, so every negative I'm going to bring up, I don't want to take away from the positives. He, is, he has elite vision for someone at his height. A lot of the best passers we talk about anymore are Guys like Giddy or Cade Cunningham, who are six set, six, seven and up, um, and can see the floor a lot easier. But Sharif Cooper has this sixth sense of spatial awareness on the floor when he's passing, and he just finds guys that I feel like there's no way he can actually physically see. He just knows they're there. Uh, specifically, a couple a couple really impressive skip passes he makes, um, which are just passes you don't always see from guys his height especially playing against good competition in the SEC. Um, and I would argue, too, that he's probably the best ball handler in this class um, in terms of control and deceptiveness. He really gets to his spots pretty well. Um, what, how efficient those spots are is another question. But he, he can get into the teeth of the defense, get two feet in the paint, despite not being, like, the burstiest guard ever. Um, he really makes defenders work, specifically in the pick and roll. Um but there are some negatives. Uh like you mentioned the shot is is pretty bad at this point, I think. Um I think there's some optimism because he shot eighty two and a half percent from the free throw line, but I would say that's closer to a, a Ricky Rubio esque, you know, free throw number than like an actual projecting to a jumper because his mechanics are really bad. Like stone mentioned that lean back is, is very pronounced. And that's something you see from taller guys a lot. Like, like if you go back and watch like a Tracy McGrady or even like a, like a MJ, not, not to compare Sharif at all to them as shooters, but they had a lean back of specifically T-Mac had a pretty pronounced one in traffic. But those guys are six, seven, and above versus Sharif, who's 5'10. Um, and then I don't know if he has any sort of connectivity between his lower and upper body. It's a pretty pure two-motion shot, and he struggles to get a ton of energy transfer. And that's what leads to the, the weird kicks with the legs and the awkward landings. So I think that the jumper is going to take a lot of work, and I just don't know what the ceiling on a 5'10 guy who isn't a good shooter is. Davis, what do you think about Sharif Cooper?
1: So another thing with Cooper I, I did notice um, is passing, uh, back to his passing, because as I mentioned, I, I do have a lot to say about it. Um, he's great at finding guys on the wing uh, when he drives. Um, he gets a lot of times he gets that help defender coming from the wing because he's able to get past his initial defender with that handle. So once he sucks it in, he's able to find that guy on the wing in the corner. Um, That's something he does really, really well. And um, with better floor spaces at the NBA level, I think that's something that's going to benefit him a lot in terms of his success with Cooper. And another thing in terms of his shooting the mechanically, uh, he barely gets any lift, which is kind of unusual for a guy, his height, um, on his jumper, he gets, like, maybe an inch or something off the ground. He's very flat-footed um, when, when going into those jumpers. Um, but one thing that uh, – a big indicator um, – I don't know if you guys listened to uh, um, the Stepien podcast uh, as of recently, too. Something um, Sean Darenthal had mentioned uh, is that in terms of shooting indicators – um, a big thing is three-point attempts, and that's something that Sharif Cooper does do. take a lot of. Obviously, the percentage is fairly low, um, but the fact that he is taking them um, does show a little bit of confidence, uh, which is something that is good because like as we see with Ben Simmons with just zero confidence in that shot, um, as the saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So with Sharif, if, there, if there's the confidence there, um, hopefully that translates into confidence into uh, completely just redoing his mechanics of his jumper uh, that can lead to him at least being uh, average shooter. Because he doesn't have to be a great shooter to be effective. It's just as long as he can hit open shots, mostly, because a lot of the shots he's shooting um, are open a lot of times, and they're just daring him to shoot it because they know – uh, he's so, such a poor shooter, um, but he does take them, which is a big thing, I think, uh, that, that does get a little bit overlooked. Um, the other thing is for his height, as Davis kind of touched on, he's a he's a fairly good finisher uh, considering his limitations. Uh, he's really physical once he gets to the rim. I think he kind of has to be just because of that size. Um, but he gets to the free throw about eight attempts a game, which is pretty crazy for a guy his size. Um and that's a big thing because because being able to make up for that limitation of shooting um, to be able to get downhill and into the paint at a consistent level is something that I think is gonna be really big for him in terms of drawing in defenses to be able to uh, exploit his passing ability. So um, those are just a few other notes I had on on Cooper, but um, I know you have more as well, Bryce.
0: Yeah. So. Sharif Cooper, something I'm, I'm really fascinated to watch, and I mentioned this with Tyrese Maxey in the past, is, is seeing how touch correlates to shooting. Um, and it's something I still think is unproven. I don't think we've quite seen a guy come into the league who isn't a good shooter but has excellent touch on floaters and passes develop as a shooter. But we haven't seen that proven to not correlate either it's kind of one of those things that's that's this gray area in scouting um and Tyrese Maxey had some of the best floater touch I've ever seen in my life uh last year and into his high school days and he's you know he still hasn't quite done it with the 76ers but there's still that hope he can develop a shot and Sharif Cooper is another guy who will sort of be a guy to watch with that because he has really excellent passing touch. He he finds guys right on the money. He's he's almost never too late with his passes. He can be super deceptive, and that really helps him when he's trying to find cutters. Um, his lookoffs are super impressive. So I, I just, I, you know, I can't reiterate enough like how excellent a passer he is and that it's really an outlier skill, even in a draft like this that's really stacked with, good passers and decision makers um I think Lamello is a bit of proof of concept for him now they're super different but Lamelo, being the shooter he is is part of why he was so good this season and he's not even he's not like some elite elite shooter by any means but he's comfortable taking them and you have to guard him and that opens up so much of the floor for his incredible passing incredible ball handling i think sharif sort of needs that because if not all this skill can be sort of negated by a by a good defense with with very little effort because he's not he's also not like some absurd athlete who's going to get to the rim every time in the half or in transition and that's another thing I wanted to bring up was his transition efficient, efficiency according to Synergy he was in the 23rd percentile in all of college basketball this season in terms of his transition efficiency and that really worries me um, because if he can't shoot if, you, if you're if you a point guard who can't shoot it's really hard to be an elite half court creator It's ju- it just is uh, you, I honestly can't even think of one uh, maybe like MVP Russell Westbrook, but I don't even know if his half-court creation was, you know, above league average. He was just an insane transition terror, um, and I and I really worry if Cooper can't get it going in transition, and he's not at least a passable shooter on good volume, I really worry it's going to affect his ability to be a starter or even like a high-level backup. Sharif Cooper is one of those guys who could just not be playing in the NBA in four or five years, if he can't figure out a role that lets him maximize his skills.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think hmm. that's kind of the risk you're taking if you take him in that lottery range. Uh, so it'll be interesting, I think, to see where he goes because there's a lot of guards in this class. Um, the, the passing, as I mentioned, is real uh, mentioned is just off the charts. And the shooting is, I believe, so much to be desired. So I really struggle figuring out where to place him or how I value him if the shot doesn't come around because I, I'm not entirely sure how effective he can be for a team if that shot isn't there, um, despite the, the amazing passing he does have. Um, he does do things that, that kind of compensate for that height, though, uh, you see him when he does get downhill into the lane. He stops on the dime. He does, this is a play he's done a lot of in college, where he stops on the dime, kind of does that half turn off a of spinet uh, off of his uh, pivot foot, and will find a shovel pass to a cutter or take a little shovel uh, jumper and uh, and sink it. So he does a lot of these little tricks and crafty things to kind of get around that height deficiency that he does have. Watch. Obviously, it won't be quite as efficient.
0: Yeah, I think a part of that is that he's already mastered the uh the Chris Paul specialty bullshit foul drawing. Uh he is excellent. And I know some people like that drives them nuts, but it's a skill, especially for a guard like him. And especially when he's a good free throw shooter, he gets to the line all the time. Uh and it's not always like jumping into big guys, it's kind of getting them off balance or you know, the spa he's really good at rip through moves and kind of getting a hand in the cookie jar and and taking that contact and that's something that that allows him to compensate a little bit for his lack of shooting and uh it's something that'll probably continue to develop because that's something you see all the time as as players age they get better at something like foul drawing
1: yeah and one one final note i had on his shooting uh i know it just sounds like i'm ripping on his shooting uh but it is it is really bad (laughs) um but uh, a lot of his misses are like really, really bad misses. Like they're, they're fly off everywhere on the rim. Like they're too short. They're too long. They're too left. They're too right. Um, And a lot of times when we see a shooter that doesn't quite have the the percentage you would like it's, there's either, there's either a a nice form to uh, hopefully give you optimism moving forward or the misses that, that he doesn't get um don't come off the rim like every which way. A lot of the times the misses are coming off of kind of one specific area of the rim. Um and that's just not the case with Sharif. So between the mechanics and between the fact that all of the a lot of his misses are just coming from every which way, um it it really is concerning moving forward.
2: I I definitely agree. I mean the shot is pretty concerning. I do Wanna point out. I mean I think in 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 uh the AAU league he shot like thirty-five percent or thirty-six percent from three. So I feel like he does have the ability to hit it at, at least a respectable level. Um but I mean his his freshman year was was no doubt bad, really bad. So but I, I do think he can fix it. Um at the very least though, I see him as like a playmaker, you know, I can get his his teammates involved, and can at least get into the lane, uh, facilitate, find creases.
0: So, last question on Sharif: um, Where has this process of, of watching him and and looking at these stats for the podcast have you kind of gotten higher on her, on him or gotten lower on him? Because for me, it's been a it's been a pretty a pretty substantial drop. I had him in the late teen area. I thought you know he has immediate potential as a backup point guard and I in my preliminary watching of him I thought the shot was more fixable than I think it is now uh and watching him it just he dropped pretty deep on my board so I was wondering for you guys how has this how has watching him affected your big board
1: uh I've had Sharif everywhere between like all the way as high as six and I think all the way as low as 15 uh, so I've had a pretty fairly wide range for him on my big board, uh, and I really, really struggle to figure out where to place him within that range, because I still believe that he is probably at, at the very worst a late-teens guy, uh, someone I would take a chance on despite that shot just because of such amazing passing ability. Yeah. Um, I really can't undersell like how great of a passer he is and with all the variety of passes he makes. Uh, but I, I do struggle like that, that shot just determines so much for me. Um, and so I have a lot of, a lot of thinking to do up until the draft uh, where, where I'm going to finalize placing him because there's a lot of other guards, I think here uh, that, that have a little bit higher of a floor than, than Sharif, but not not as quite as high a ceiling as him.
2: Yeah. I been pretty high down Sharif for a while, but um, he was top ten on mine. My last big board, I think I had him at like nine. Um, I'm I'm been pretty high on him, so he's probably gonna stay in that range. Uh, there is a lot of negatives, but I just feel like the the you know, there's too many positives and potential to to really move him down anymore.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I think it's important to note that with Sharif, I mean his ceiling really is sky high if the jumper does get some consistency or maybe if this, you know, this freshman season was a bad sample size and he's actually a better shooter than we think, uh, he's, he's got a pretty clear path to being an all-star point guard in my opinion, because just not a lot of people can run a pick and roll like him. Uh, and, and that really matters, but moving on to another guard in this upcoming draft, um, a very different guard and that's it'll make him a fun comparison to Sharif. Miles McBride, uh Deuce from West Virginia. Uh one of the best guard defenders of the last little bit, I would say, past couple drafts. Um Davis, what do you think of Miles McBride?
2: Um so I actually really like like Deuce. I think I like Deuce more than more than a lot of people. Um I like that he's he's strong he's strong for his size um he can score really from anywhere at a pretty consistent level and i i like that he plays really good off the ball which i think could help him not only play like the one but the but the two also um, at the at the next level um i know like he had a really 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 good tournament run i think uh he had like 30 points, zero turnovers in the first round of March Madness, something like that. Um, but I, I just like his his ability to – I already know he's going to be able to score at the next level, but I do like his ability to, to improve um, his other things as well. He had five assists per game, so he isn't really bad as a playmaker. I don't know if he can be that, like, prime primary play, uh, playmaker for you, but – um, he, I, 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 do really like, really like uh, Deuce.
1: Yeah, for me, um, I'm a pretty big Deuce fan as well. I see him as a guy with a very high floor in this draft, and um, someone I would definitely take probably late in the first round. Uh, he, he's really just like solid at everything, honestly. Uh, I don't think he has like one elite skill, um, but I don't, I don't really see a whole lot of like major flaws in his game either. Um, I think at the next level, he's a good enough ball handler that I think he can create his own shot um, at at least an average rate. Uh, I'm not sure, as as Davis touched on, that I would rely on him as a primary initiator, uh, maybe for some small stretches, uh, because he does flash a lot of um, high IQ passing ability just in terms of making the right pass. Uh, He's not like Sharif Cooper by any means in terms of making these flashy needle threading passes or things like that, uh, but he he just knows the right the right plays to make in terms of passing. Um, finding trailers at the three in transition or um, finding an open guy if there's a help defender coming towards him. Uh, so he just makes the right plays at the right times uh, when, when it comes to passing. Uh, he's a pretty good step back shooter, um, something I think that that can get overlooked at times. Um, he, he's able to create a good amount of separation on the ball. He's not a great ball handler, uh, but I think it's high level enough to where it will allow him to create his own shot. As I, as I had already mentioned, um, the step back separation ability is kind of reminiscent for me of uh, a Jerome Robinson coming out uh, where they just take that one big step back and can create a lot of separation just off that alone. Um, I think uh Uh, defensively, I think he's a strong defender. Um, A question I had for you guys uh, we can touch on, I think, is how versatile as a defender do you think he is? Uh, Because I struggle to see if he can defend anyone outside of guards. I think as a guard defender, he can be really effective. But um, I, I do have questions in terms of his versatility. Like, Can he move up to guarding forwards or anything like that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, McBride is someone who's a really interesting case study in that, um, especially like like I think of other guards who I feel comfortable guarding up the lineup, at least to, you know, some wings. You know, you got Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday. Uh, there's some other guys. And then the one that's closest to McBride in build is Patrick Beverly. Um I I don't think he's, he's quite the, the hound Patrick Beverly is. Um, Patrick Beverly really gets into jerseys, especially of big guys. And, and I, and I was fairly comfortable with that, but for this, I I, I really in depth watched the WV the West Virginia versus Oklahoma state game. And he gave Cade some fits, you know, Cade still had a fine game. Um, but but he really made him work, and Kate is a, is a big six eight dude, and and seeing that from Deuce really encouraged me. I don't think he's ever gonna be a guy you you want, like like they put on a four just to guard a four the whole game. That's for like a Drew Holiday who's you know six four, or Marcus Smart who's six four and built like a brick shit house. Like that's a little different, but I I think in in a pin- he, he can make those guys sweat a little bit and and really get into them and, and make, them, make them work to get their buckets. Um, something I wanted to point out with McBride uh, is that he's a much better offensive player than I realized. Um, he, did, he did not really have a good offensive context at West Virginia. Um, they had very little spacing. Uh, they usually played with two bigs who neither of them would shoot. Uh, he, but neither of them were like lob threats either. Really, like he couldn't dive to the paint and try and throw a lob to one. There wasn't a lot of vertical spacing either. Um, so he played in, in in what I would consider a pretty rough context. But he was the 78th percentile in overall half court efficiency and uh, 82nd percentile on spot ups. Uh, really solid three point shooter um, off the and a and a pretty consistent mid range shooter as well. And I think. I think he has the burst and the handle to get to the rim at the next level. Uh, I just don't think he was really given that chance at West Virginia because he's just too there was just no space and he's not quite athletic enough to, to compensate for that. but I, I think he's I think he's a much better offensive player than kind of given credit for in the mainstream. Uh, I really buy the shot. I think it looks good out of his hand. Um, and I buy the shot creation flashes. It can be inconsistent, but a lot of college guards, especially, you know, McBride is a late bloomer. He played football, uh, all that stuff. And and for him to show what he has shown as a shot creator, I think is encouraging. Um, I think the worry with McBride is the love he should and if he falls to the second round I could be I could see myself being worried that a team just isn't going to invest enough time into him uh to develop him as a real offensive player uh
1: yeah I think I mean I think in the NBA his role is probably going to be more as a um off ball guy probably I don't think they're going to use him a whole a whole lot as an on ball guy at least early on um but offensively, I, I th- think he's just, like, a really sound player. Like, it's just a really solid guy in pretty much all areas. Like, I don't see any major flaws or anything. Uh, like I said, there's nothing really elite about it either. But um, I don't think he's really going to hurt you in any area. Uh, he's just kind of a rock-solid prospect, in my opinion. Um, I think one thing in terms of the, the offense uh, is, at times, I think he can get a little too de- overly dependent on his jumper. Uh, I think sometimes he there's like open lanes for him to, to take advantage of and he just doesn't, especially with that frame. You probably want to see him get in, get into the paint a little bit more, um, where he just kind of settles for a jumper. and that probably just comes with the time and experience a little bit more. Um, just being able to read that a bit better. Um, as you mentioned the jumper, he the, has a really strong case just for like the most beautiful release in the class. It's just so aesthetically pleasing. Um, so I, I don't have any concerns moving forward with him as a shooter. Uh, I think he projects as at least an average shooter in the NBA, if not a, a bit ab- above average. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for me for Miles McBride. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on him, but I, I feel pretty good about him moving forward just as a, a decent rotation guy in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think he kind of feels the perfect archetype of, what you want next to a jumbo creator you know he like if if a team could draft him and kate cunningham in this draft together that's like the perfect pair because you have your your wing creator and then you have your three and d guard who can who can get himself a bucket if need be and make smart decisions so i think that yeah he he fills that role really succinctly and that's super important and it's going to continue to become more important As time goes on, because that's how the league is evolving. You know, your guards aren't going to be your every down backs like they used to. They're going to be your secondary playmakers and defenders and shooters who give space for your Luka Doncic's or your uh, James Hardens. Even so, I think I think he really he really fills that role nicely.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, basically everything you guys are saying. I did want to say. I think what really improved his his offensive is his sh- his shooting off the dribble. I think kind of like before this year he struggled um, to really even shoot off the dribble. Um, he's still not exactly like consistent at it, but he's still that you know um, you at least gotta at least gotta worry about getting a hand up and and everything like that. Uh, I do think as a, as a defender as well, like you were saying, he's a solid one-on-one defender. Uh, he slides his feet pretty well and has active hands, but maybe with, like, taller, um, like, forwards, he might not be able to really switch on just yet. Um, but but like Bryce was saying, he, he did an excellent job on Kate. So um, I, I, I like Deuce. I don't think he really has, like, a, you know, a low – a low ceiling at all, I kind of think his, his ceiling is pretty, you know, is pretty high. I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll at least give you scoring. Um, he can give you uh, playmaking as like a secondary playmaker. So I, at the least I see him as, you know, like a six man type of, like a bench man or like a key, a key role.
1: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the the defense a little bit earlier in terms of the comparison to Patrick Beverly Uh, and I I think the biggest probably differential with that is just Beverly's wingspan. Uh, Deuce has maybe like a 6'4", 6'5", wingspan, uh, where I think Beverly's is just like massive, like 6'7", or something crazy. Um, So I I think that kind of gives Beverly the ability to switch on the forwards a little bit more. Uh, I I do have a little bit of concern in terms of the versatility of McBride, uh, how he handles switches to forwards and things like that. He's got really big shoulders, though, um, so he can he can handle post-ups a little bit better, I think. Uh, he just got a really kind of solid frame, um, stocky kind of. Uh, and then the shooting, uh, you mentioned the step back, but I, I think actually I do buy it as a consistent thing uh, because every time he takes that step back, too, you always feel like it's on balance, and he's always squared up pretty perfectly. Uh, there's no real, like, drifting or anything like that, I think he always looks like he's squared up, he's ready to go, and when he releases that shot, uh, you have a pretty good feeling about it going in um, most times just because of how, how consistent it is um, in the form and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think his, his ceiling is limited, uh, like Davis touched on. I'm, I don't buy him really as like a high-level starter or anything. Uh, But I can definitely see him as a a decent rotation player in the NBA. And uh, I I think that has value in the first round.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I think a guy like McBride who fills a clear role uh, should be priority for a certain for certain teams. Um, You know, I think like the Mavericks would do very well to draft a Miles McBride or any team that, that has a wing or a forward or even a center, you know, like like the, the Nuggets, Miles McBride would be awesome on the Nuggets. Any team that has, like, a set playmaker who's not a guard, I think could really benefit from Miles McBride. Um, but with that said, uh, we're going to move on to one of the more interesting prospects, uh, fringe first-round type guys in this upcoming draft, and that's Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech um just to give a little baseline cuz he's he's not as popular as the first two guys we talked about um 66 wing uh really interesting defensive prospect uh inconsistent shooter but had a big improvement from this sophomore season from his freshman season last year and i think there's a lot to like with shannon so stone what are your thoughts on Terrence shannon junior
1: uh yeah i have shannon jr pretty solidly uh in my first round uh in between the 20 and 30 range i kind of fluctuate a little bit um but so the main selling point for me i would say is the athleticism uh he just uh translates as a really athletic guy um and you hear you hear people talk about functional athleticism and i think that's something that really applies to terrence shannon jr here uh he uses that athleticism in such a way that it does benefit him in quite a bit of areas, uh, particularly defensively, I think. Um, if you're drafting Terrence Shannon Jr., I think you're you're banking on him, at, at least in the first round if you're drafting him, you're banking on him as a defensive difference maker. Uh, and I think he has the ability to provide that. Um, he has a lot of tools to work with, uh, with, with his frame and the athleticism. He just uses it all very well. Uh, he's a good... A one-on-one defender in terms of mirroring mirroring uh, opponents on the perimeter. Um, he's pretty well built, I think, and has a lot of room to even build upon that in terms of muscle uh, to where I think he can effectively guard forwards and guards uh, at the next level. Um, the shooting, obviously, is is what. We, you kind of touched on as a, uh, a downfall for him. Um, and like with so many prospects, that's kind of going to be what determines a lot of his value, at least on the offensive end. Um, it, it's, it needs a lot of work. But I, I do buy it. I buy it, for example, a lot more than Sharif Cooper. Uh, because I think with, with Terrence Shannon Jr., he shows flashes of touch around the rim a lot. Um, He showed, which I know we have talked about before, like how does, how much does that translate in terms of three-point shooting? Uh, For me personally, I do see it as an indicator. Um, So so that probably makes me a little bit higher on Terrence Shannon Jr. uh, Just from that standpoint. I don't think, I think he's someone that projects as a guy who can hit open shots, um, which is something that we talked about with Sharif. We're not entirely sure if he can do, uh, but I think like wide open shots, Terrence Shannon Jr. can hit those. Um, I'm not sure if he'll ever be a guy that you know takes five or six threes a game, uh, but just being able to kind of spread the floor um, as a guy who you can pass to if a help defender swings to the primary initiator, uh, I think that provides a bit of value offensively. Uh, just kind of a spot up guy. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Terrence Shannon Jr., at least as a first-round guy, uh, mostly because of the defense. Um, but wh- what do you guys have to say about him?
2: Uh, I basically agree. I, I'm pretty high on Shannon as well. Um, he's a very athletic, uh, high-flying type of, type of player. He has a very good motor and energy. Um, he's always cutting and, like, moving consistently um, and, and attacking the glass as well uh he doesn't he does his shot is a little worrisome but I did notice he doesn't really take a lot of bad shots so he kind of knows um you know his 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 shot and he he knows it's not at that level yet um but I do buy it um I do think it it will get better um his mechanics are are a little better um like you said as Sharif Cooper um, so I do, I do buy this shot. He also does have a good, a good free throw percentage. I believe he's like 80% in the two seasons. Um, so he, he shows, shows good shooting a consistent shooting there. Um, but at the least you get a, a, you get a solid defender with them. He's shown flashes of being a great defender. Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of potential in Shannon. Uh, so I, I really like him.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you guys where I have him. Uh, I have him solidly in the first round, probably somewhere from that 20 to 30 range uh, as well. I just think he's, he's a pretty undeniable wing. Uh, I, I'm famous for loving wings above all else, uh, both the chicken and the basketball variety. Uh, and he's, he just does a lot that I like um, defensively. He's really sound on and off the ball. He makes good rotations uh you know tries to contest the rim he's not the greatest like vertical athlete at at the rim on that end because he loads he's better off one foot sort of with a run-up than kind of loading to jumping off two to get vertical but you know he he's, he's good at that still and uh 82nd percentile as a cutter according to synergy and that's really good for me uh as a wing with 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 a projectable, but kind of questionable shot. It's really important that you're active off the ball and he moves really well. He kind of finds soft spots and gets to the rim. And like Stone mentioned, a uh, really good touch around the rim as well. Um, to add some, some color to the shooting conversation, uh, shot 35.7% from three and 75 and percent from the free throw line. Uh, those are pretty solid numbers, uh, especially, you know, 6'6", six, 20-year-old six, uh, with his athleticism. Uh, flash some self-creation, like you tried to hit some step-backs and some contested little turnarounds. And, you know, it was iffy. Uh, I like the mechanics, though. Uh, pretty solid energy transfer from his base to his hands. Uh, gets a little strong flick at the end of the shot, but... You know, that's not a hard thing to fix. I think I think he has a projectable jumper to at least be like, you know, Robert Covington levels like sort of thing. And and that's that is enough for him to be able to play, use his value as a cutter and as a defensive player. I think my one issue is that he's he doesn't have a ton of viability with the ball in his hands. Uh basically at a one to one assist to turnover ratio. And I don't think that was, you know, it's not like he was making risky passes or anything. Just can be kind of loose as a ball handler, uh, can make iffy decisions on the ball. But that's not really what you're asking him to do. As a rotational wing, I think he provides a ton of value. And just I think there's an inherent upside to someone who's six six, really athletic and plays good defense uh, that I think is sometimes overlooked. So that I, I really yeah. like Terrence Shannon.
2: Yeah. yeah, I see I see Cali Ubre a lot and Terrence Shannon. I don't know. He's gonna be a better defender than that, but I just see like the energy and and uh you know the shot should should develop. I think he's at least gonna to get to that, that catch and shoot, um where he can where he can hit the catch and shoot three or the corner three at a consistent level. Um but I think he, he, he brings value in in a lot of especially on defense, but um, I think he brings value just off off energy and and motor alone. So,
1: yeah, he's he is pretty athletic. Um, I, I think I can see the comparisons athletically to to Kelly Oubre. I think probably the difference is Oubre's uh, scoring ability um, and just handling. I think if you're drafting uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., you're probably not asking him to handle the ball a whole lot. He's probably like a strictly off-ball player. Um, I don't really see him ever really developing that either. I think he's a pretty strict, like three and D guy. Not that that doesn't provide any value. Um, I just don't see him really as a creation guy, but I, I think that he provides a lot of value with that athleticism, um, being an off ball guy, uh, as you mentioned already, he's a really strong cutter. Um, he's great at kind of reading the defense and knowing where and when to cut, which provides a lot of value. Um, and I think, Uh, like if he were, if a team were to draft him and Sharif Cooper, I think that's a great pairing uh, because of Sharif's ability to find guys like that uh, going back door. Um, Shannon juniors in transition, I think projects as a really strong transition player just because I think he with that athleticism, he has really strong straight line speed. And I think he could get, he can get out in front of defenses, um, pretty quickly uh, in transition. So if he's playing with a guy that's a really strong look-ahead passer, uh, I think that that's pretty optimal for him. Um, so I, I think there's there's a lot to like about Terrence Shannon Jr. Just as a, a three and D kind of player um, who doesn't really offer a whole lot of creation or anything like that. Uh, but what he does offer, he's, he's pretty solid at. So I would feel comfortable taking him in that 20 to 30 range.
0: I would as well, and uh, the last thing I'll note with Terrence Shannon Jr. is just I think he can be a very versatile defender. Uh, he he's shown comfortable, you know, switching up and guarding ones. He's probably not big enough to guard most fives, but you wouldn't mind it in a switch situation. Um, and and I think I just think he has a very clear role. Can probably start anywhere from the two to the four, depending on the team, uh, and and will play really well off stars. But speaking of stars or potential stars, uh, let's move to the Adelaide 36ers, Josh Giddy from Australia. Um, Davis, why don't you give us your opening thoughts on Josh Giddy?
2: Um, so Josh Giddy, yeah, so I actually uh I didn't really watch him till not like recently, but I, I started watching him later than than a lot of people but uh he is only 18 playing in the nbl um he was averaging like 11 7 and 7 so that obviously you know speaks speaks for itself as far as you know numbers go and playing with grown ad-
0: yeah uh josh giddy is a is a really fascinating prospect um uh, for someone like me who tries to who does still try to break things down into positions um because he probably is a point guard. Uh, I think at first I kind of thought of him more as a wing and uh, it it probably led me to be lower on him. Uh, But he probably is a point guard at the next level, at least offensively. Um, 6'8", just an excellent, excellent passer, excellent decision maker, Uh, really good at almost every pass in the book. Um, To the extent that I would probably argue he is the best passer in this class. Um, there's a ton of competition for that, obviously. Uh, this is one of the better passing classes ever. I mean, I feel like we can say that about everything, like the draft, this is just an excellent draft and it feels like the draft gets better every year. Um, but he is, he is a truly special passer out of pick and roll, um, can hit easy dump offs, can throw lobs, can hit skips, can find people in the corner. I mean, just anything. Uh, he does. He does have an issue. His one issue as a passer, um, and if you watch the PD Web Henry Ward film session where they talked about Giddy, this came up, um, and it's and it's tied into my biggest issue with Giddy. It's just that he doesn't create a ton of advantage to open up the best passing. Um, he can kind of stop short of getting to the rim or getting to the paint and make a pass that lets the defender get out there easier than if he would have drove all the way. Um, he doesn't have a great first step. He's not an amazing ball handler. I don't think, I, I think he's passable and he has moments of, of, of real enticing ball handling. But I think right now he's not really a great ball handler and with the shooting, how it is, it's, that's another thing he has to develop to create advantages um so that's that's my biggest issue with giddy it's just i i really worry about how he creates advantages at the next level um but stone do you want to talk about what you think of josh giddy
1: yeah um giddy is one of the weirder prospects i think i've ever evaluated uh he's yeah yeah (laughs) big tall confess but he's like he plays at such a weird pace like he slows everything down he's very like kyle anderson-esque in that sense where Everything is just like such slow motion with him. Um, And I think that does work in his favor because he knows his limitations. So he knows at what pace he's able to control the game and in that tempo. Uh, But at the same time, I think it does hurt him in terms of advantage creation because if he's not able to kind of play at a higher pace and get past initial defenders, I think that in some sense in the NBA can mitigate some of his passing ability. Um, he, obviously you mentioned his passing. Um, I won't get too far into it because I already gushed all over Sharif's passing. Uh, but he's definitely a top three passer. I would say in this, in this class for sure, uh, can really read every pass. Um, great in the pick and roll, which obviously in today's NBA is so valuable. Um, just that size allows him to get lobs and passes off over the defenders, um, the shooting is a bit of a concern uh not quite as much a concern as as other guys in this class uh because his form and his mechanics are there uh it just really hasn't come to fruition at least not this year um and but he he does shoot it at an okay rate um i think he shot somewhere around like 33 percent from three 31 percent from three excuse me uh this year so it's not awful, um, and the mechanics aren't awful, but it's something you do want to see improve. He only shot about 65% uh, from the free throw line, and he only took 2.6 attempts a game, which is uh, somewhat disappointing uh, considering his frame and how big he is. I think you'd like to see that number improve a bit moving forward uh, just for him to create a bit more contact at the rim. Um, but he is a really good finisher. Uh, I think that's something that, that – um, Helps him a lot in at the next level. Uh, as Davis mentioned, he's pretty versatile at the rim. Can finish with either hand. Um, with his size and his frame, it allows him to absorb more contact than a lot of other point guards. Um, and he's a pretty strong player. I think uh, he just his he, his frame isn't huge, but uh, I think he has some untapped potential strength wise uh, moving moving forward um, defensively. As Davis mentioned, I do have some concerns in terms of him guarding quicker, faster guards, uh, especially those with um, like really tight handles. Uh, I think like him guarding a Chris Paul or something like that is pretty worrisome, uh, at least at this point for me. Um, but I think guarding forwards, he'll he'll probably be solid enough. Um, I think he's he's a, he projects as better a team defender than a one on one defender. I would say, um, at least at this point, uh, but I think there's room for him to improve in that area. Uh, so personally, on my board, I have Giddy near the back end of the lottery. I'm not sure where you guys have him. Um, so I, I see a lot of potential moving forward with him, uh, but but there are some some limitations I think with the lack of athleticism and burst.
2: Yeah, I'll just kind of say I, I moved Giddy up a little bit. I think he's at about. 13 right now um, there's a lot of room for improvement but I think just the fact that he's 18 and already does kind of everything at a good level is is enough um, to, to you know take I wouldn't even say a gamble on just to take him and draft him in general um, I did I do think he he leads the NBL and like assists and and rebounds which is pretty crazy as a, as a point guard leading in rebounds. But uh yeah, the talent the talent's definitely there. So he, he's probably like the most interesting um prospect in, in the draft, at least in my opinion, I think.
0: Yeah, I uh I moved him up as well. I'm still probably a little lower on him than most, uh because I still just I really question uh, the advantage creation. I, I think you can only be so good as a point guard if you don't create advantages. Um, you know, like there's a chance that Josh Giddy, and this is probably like a worst case outcome, but is, is sort of Tomas Sataransky minus the defense. Um, and I don't know how valuable that is. Uh, I think the shot can improve, uh, it has improved already. I think it was chugging darts who I saw posted the stats, but towards the end of the season, he, he really improved, uh, was shooting up to like 37% from three on, on a healthy volume. Uh, he just started off the year really poorly. Um, but he's improved there and I think it can improve. Uh, he, he has some work to do with his footwork. Uh, sometimes his base is too wide and sometimes it's too short and you can usually tell by how he misses, um, his they tend to be consistent and a long miss and a short miss tend to correlate with the footwork um but i i think that can be tightened up and you know at, at least on catch and shoot opportunities i think he can be uh he can be a really really good shooter and it's it's like uh davis mentioned he's 18 uh 18 year olds who see the floor like this and pass like this just are rare and and it's important to acknowledge that even with my my number of questions
1: yeah and uh just real quick not to be that guy but um giddy is like seventh in rebounding in the nbl so just to clarify uh oh. he has second on his team in rebounding behind his teammate uh isaac Humphries. um but but back to that rebounding it is a a pretty big positive for him uh even though he is seventh in the league, which is still a really high number uh, for a guard, um, it helps him a lot in transition, I think, uh, where he's able to kind of find guys uh, that that break out fast ahead of him uh, just by grabbing that rebound and pushing it, pushing it up forward uh, to guys that are much faster than him. Um, so it kind of ties into his IQ as well, knowing how to get the ball up in transition because he himself uh, isn't the fastest guy on the floor. David.
2: my my bad it, it was actually leads all guards in rebounding that was my bad
1: gotcha gotcha you're good
0: um what do you guys think of giddy as a defender um it can be hard it can be hard to tell because there's one thing about the nbl that that anyone will tell you it's that it's a very physical league um and giddy is not built for that yet he's still a very skinny kid um I think he has some room to put on some weight. He he has broad enough shoulders and he's not, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like Evan Mobley where he's like 90% leg and he can't, it looks like he can't put on any yeah. weight, but he, he did, he has struggled mightily defensively this year. So, so what do you guys think his defensive projection is? And do you think it really matters all that much with the player he's going to be?
2: Um, I mean, I think, I mean, it it'll matter. I don't think necessarily it'll matter like a great amount. Is if he can, you know, get get a triple double every night. But um, I don't really like necessarily buy the defense. I do think it'll get better, of course. But uh, I don't really think he'll ever be able to guard like those those smaller guards um, or those quicker guards. But I do think he'll be able to guard, you know, like the like the threes, maybe even some fours. Um, be a pretty versatile defender um but it is it is pretty pretty worrisome right now but um his length and you know size alone should at least help him recover from getting beat um recover at the rim you know block shots uh but I do think it's something he needs to work on and I think he he will work on and get better at it but I don't think he'll ever be like you know that that locked down defender or the or that defender you really want guarding the best player on on the other team.
1: Yeah, I think with with Giddy's defense, um, you're kind of hoping he becomes a net neutral, kind of like at his peak, um, as a as a forward defender. Um, I think there's there's possibility. There's an avenue. I think it's a very limited avenue, but I think there's an avenue where he can guard twos probably, uh, at least some twos. Uh, But primarily, I envision him as a three and four kind of defender. And I think there's a lot of room in his frame to improve upon that strength and and add muscle uh, that can help him defend, defend uh, stronger forwards. Um, The the foot speed obviously is going to limit him in terms of a perimeter one on one defender. Uh, I think you're probably valuing him more as a a team defender. If he's put in his in a very good team defensive situation, I think he can be a positive on that end. Uh, but you probably uh, don't think that he'll ever be like a switchable guy, uh, like Aaron Gordon or something. I don't really see him being a guy that you can depend on to, to switch out uh, on multiple players. You're, you're hoping that you can stick him on a three or four and leave him there for the entirety of the game. Um, at his peak. so I, I don't see him as ever being like a positive on the defensive end, but I do think being a net neutral on that end is uh, plausible.
0: Yeah I would agree. Um, Giddy's just is just a really interesting prospect and a really hard one to value um, His age and playmaking mixed with his lack of athleticism and, and questionable shooting makes for this really jumbled package that is hard to value and I, I think, him being all over draft boards is is a testament to that um but he's definitely someone I'm interested to see at the next level uh just just because that passing at that age is just so rare um at his height so uh let's move on to our last guy of the day um James Booknight out of UConn this is another guy who I feel like is all over boards um one of the best players in college basketball this past season. Uh, sophomore, probably could have gone in the mid-second round last season, but returned to UConn and has worked himself up to being a projected lottery pick in the upcoming draft. Um, but a lot of draft Twitter has very different views on him. Some are very high and some, uh, like me, are, are very low. So, so, Davis, what do you see in book night and what do you like and dislike about his game?
2: um book knight is i feel like one he he's one of the players that's kinda hard to he he can be like you know top top twelve on your board but he can also be way back there and you can't really argue it um he's he's kind of kind of a weird player as well he is long and and springy like for for a point guard um he's a he's a good like pull up shooter like a mid mid range, and he he can create his own shot. He also crashes the offensive glass, um, and and gets quite a bit of of offensive rebounds and putbacks, uh, which surprised me for for a guard or for a point guard. But um, he, he really struggles with the three ball. He's c- kind of like uh kind of like Sharif, not as bad as Sharif, but he was yeah twenty nine percent shooter from 3 so um that's i think his biggest worry um as far as th- as taking it to the next level and the fact that um he's he's a point guard and only averaging about 2 assists a game so i feel like he he not really that that primary playmaker um as far as running an offense or Uh, you know, as far as that goes, but he can definitely score at ease. He's pretty, pretty good at scoring. He gets to the line at a high level as well. And he can actually, he's actually pretty consistent from there. Um, so that's, that's a plus on, on that end. But, um, I noticed he does work really hard to get open off the ball. Um, he uses screens well too. So, uh, he might be able to move up to like that two spot. Um, if he has a, you know, a a smaller one playing next to him, um, but yeah he he's he's pretty pretty creative on offense um he's 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 intriguing i think i have him i in the 20s in the early 20s but um it could go up uh he doesn't uh, i also want to add he does need to add a little weight too before um he's he's still a little skinny so i think if he can add add some add some strength it'll it'll help him on defense at least uh
1: yeah so for book night for me um he's He's a pretty versatile scorer. I would say one of the more versatile scorers in this class, Uh, just his package in terms of where he can shoot um, and in what spots and kind of what uh, the difficulty of shots he takes. Um, But I'm kind of with you, Bryce, in terms of being a bit lower on him on that. I'm kind of following that end of the spectrum. Uh, Mostly, I wouldn't say mostly, but a big part of it is archetype, uh, just in terms of we kind of talked a little bit off here about like Kobe white and uh, I kind of see James Booknight in that sort of mold as kind of a, maybe a spark off the bench um, who creates his own shot. Um, And I think he can be like a solid enough defender to where he doesn't hurt you on that end either. Um, But I'm not really sure what his ceiling is. Uh, The three point percentage obviously is the big hiccup for a lot of people. Um, He shot, only 29%, but he did shoot a fairly high uh, volume, I think at nearly like five a game or so. Um, And then the free throw percentage was at like 78% a game, which is fairly solid. Um, The mechanics look pretty decent. I'm not too concerned about the shot moving forward. I think he can be at least an average shooter. Um, Probably not a guy who's like, you know, hitting 40% or anything like that. But um, I think like 34, 35 maybe 36% is attainable for him at the next level uh, eventually. Um, with Book Knight, it's difficult for him projecting projecting him as any sort of playmaker because I don't really see him as a good passer. Uh, I think he misses a lot of reads. He, he tends to have tunnel vision at times, I think. Um, I don't think he's really capable of making a lot of those kind of flashy passes or needle-threading passes or anything like that. Um, He's not great in terms of reading the defense, I think, on rotations, uh, finding open guys when help defenses come once he creates that um, separation off his initial defender. Uh, I, I don't really see him as any sort of like high level playmaker. Um, but uh, the, the scoring is kind of what you're banking on with Booknight. Um, he's got really solid footwork, which helps him, I think, with that scoring ability. Uh, helps him get to his places um, and, and create separation. I think he's one of the better guards in that area, uh, just just with his footwork. Um, he does struggle to finish, I think, at the rim in terms of being able to absorb contact and finish through contact. Uh, that comes a lot to his frame, like Davis said. I think uh, if he puts on a little more weight and muscle, he can at least be sort of average in that area, uh, not high level or anything. Um there's definitely concerns with me because I have struggle. I ha- have a struggle kind of determining how much value he brings to a team if he's only scoring and not really playmaking. And if he's not scoring at, a def- at an efficient level, what kind of value does he bring to an offense? Because I think he tends to take a lot of these difficult shots at the NBA. I'm not sure how, how much of them go in. And if they're not really going in, what does he bring offensively for you? Um, but I don't think it's detrimental to the point um, because on defense, I think he can be a positive, especially as an off-ball guy, um, where he's able to kind of stick with guys off-ball, uh, run through screens. Uh, On-ball, I think he's decent enough. Um, so I don't think he'll ever be kind of a detriment to a team or any sort of, like, negative, uh, just because that on one end, at least, I think he can be a positive. Uh, even if on offense it's not there uh, some nights. So I feel okay about him uh, in terms like a top 20 guy, uh, but like the top seven or eight where a lot of people have them, I think I would kind of stay clear in that range. Yeah. So before I
0: I get negative, and, I, and I'm probably going to seem very negative, um, I want to give <laughs> Booknight his, his just due. He's an elite athlete. This this class is full of really elite guard athletes. Jalen Green, Kayon Johnson, and Book Knight uh, are three of the more athletic guards um, of recent times. Tavion Kinsey as well, before he went back to school. Um, and Book Knight has that to his game. Uh, he, he mixes that with, with a really good sense of how to move off ball, he's an excellent cutter. He's really good at at using screens off ball, getting to shots at the three-point line, and he's a good ball handler, lets him score, lets him get downhill, put pressure on the rim. He He has that floor as a useful bench piece because he's so athletic and he can score. My worry comes down to that I don't know if he really does anything else well. I really want to buy the defense and he has defensive upside just because of the athleticism and we don't have a wingspan measurement that I could find, but I'm guessing he has somewhat long arms. Uh, he could sometimes be a playmaker, but he's really skinny. He, he can be really aloof on that end. Uh, he, he never really likes to rotate to the rim um, and he can take unnecessary risks. Uh, the shot I still think is a question mark. I agree with Stone that He'll probably be a good spot-up shooter, um, but he can struggle on good closeouts or just any self-created jumpers is a pretty iffy shot for him. And then I just think he's a really bad decision maker, and I think it's hard for guards that are bad decision makers to be high-minute guys in the at the next level. Um, 1.8 assists per game to 2.8 turnovers per game. Uh, is, is is a pretty is a pretty rough number, um, and he wasn't a good pick and roll player, and he actually was an awful player in spot up situations as well. 14% on spot up situations, according to Synergy. Um, I just think I just think there's a lot of question marks to his game. Um, he was able to be a volume scorer at UConn. Uh, had a super high usage. Um, like I said, moves well off the ball. Super athlete. I just – I don't know if there's any of the other peripherals of his game that I buy right now, and and I worry that if they don't come in, that, he, that he's not a very valuable player.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the handle, too. Um, how good of a handle do you think he is? Because I don't really see his handle – like, I think it's okay. I think it's for what it is. Like, he's able to yeah. kind of use that athleticism to get past guys, um, and the handle is a little bit of a part of that. Uh, but I think he's like a super versatile handler, ball handler, or anything. Do you do you see him ever becoming one, or do you think he is one at the moment?
0: Um, something I'm sure we'll get into eventually is is that I almost never want to bet on a handle developing, um, just because I I think it's easily the hardest skill in basketball to develop. It, it tends to be a at least a somewhat natural thing. Um, I I don't think he has a super deceptive handle, and he and he's not good at using his handle to. <laughs> create for others but it's functional with his athleticism he can get downhill he can create a little bit of space for step backs Um, I think it's a functional handle it allows him to be a good scorer and gives him a gives him an iso game Um, but it's actually I think where it pops up as being really bad is in pick and roll situations Uh, he can kind of get blitzed off or not really know how to handle a drop Uh, he doesn't really slow himself down very well he kind of likes to play at the I'm going to get to the rim speed and that's about it. Uh, And that can be a problem, especially depending on who's setting that screen. So I I would agree. I think it's a functional handle, but not a versatile or high level handle.
1: I Actually, yeah, I agree with that. But I I think I do somewhat disagree in terms of the speed. I think it's decent at hesitations and kind of changing speeds, especially in transition, I feel like.
2: Yeah, and transition.
1: Decelerate a little bit, yeah um I think I mean laterally I think that's kind of a different story I don't think he's a great uh great at changing direction but I think he's good at changing pace uh especially in transition um and I think that kind of plays into his ability to create his own lanes I feel like he's pretty good at creating his own lanes because of that um he can kind of decelerate and um accelerate at a fairly good enough level especially with his athleticism to where like he can get to the rim. Um, like I said, once he gets there, it's kind of a little bit of a different story in terms of finishing through contact. But I think he's able to get to the rim at a decently. Uh, I feel like at, at the next level, he can get to the rim at an average level uh, at worst. Um, but uh, yeah, I. would you guys rather take, here's a question, I'm kind of off topic, but my head's all over the place right now. But would you take James Booknight top 10 or would you rather take Miles mcbride in the back end of the first round
0: to me that's super easy i'd rather have mcbride um i think when i get to my final rankings i might have deuce ahead of book night just straight up i I don't know yet i'm still kind of figuring that out but i i was more impressed by what i saw from deuce this season than from what i saw from book night
1: yeah i would agree that i would Yeah. yeah mcbride later in
2: the first i think i i agree so i think i already had mcbride at like 28 or 27 so i mean that's the back end of the first so i, I would take him probably even a little uh a little before 27 but um book night he, he's up there too he's in the, he's in the early 20s um but i think the top 10 a little too high for me even you know the end of the lottery i still would have questions on but um I just don't know what else you're you're getting besides the scoring and even with the scoring it's still not the most efficient um thing so i i think i think uh he just needs he needs to work on the three point shot the the most but also the playmaking and and uh the passing in order to be a a point guard at least yeah
1: i think i'm a little I don't know if I want to say higher because I'm really not that high on him. I have him like 22 on my board or something. But I think I'm a little more optimistic, I guess you would say, in terms of the variations of what he can bring to an NBA team. Because I feel like he can be an okay off-ball player. He has solid enough athleticism. He can be a decent defender, I think, at least off-ball. So I feel like in that sense, I kind of am a bit more optimistic in terms of like the different ter- the different avenues he has to being an okay player, um, but overall, like in a broader concept of things, I think I'm kind of with you guys in terms of being much lower on him than kind of uh, a lot of the consensus where they have him.
0: Yeah, I would agree, and I just want to reiterate, and this goes for everyone we've talked about and everyone we will talk about. These are all you know prospects with their own merit. We're not like if I say I'm lower on someone, it doesn't ever mean I hate them or I dislike like them. Booknight is still a first rounder for me because that athleticism yeah. is undeniable. His ability to move off the ball is is probably the best in the class right now um so like he's still a great prospect I'm just great. i'm just I just worry about the 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 total package with him um but is that all we got on James Booknight?
2: yeah, I think we. We hit everything, I think, the tail of the tape.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's uh, let's start with Stone because I'm most excited about his.
1: Yeah, so for me, I got uh, Delano Banton out of Nebraska. Um, he's a pretty interesting player, uh, especially like for, just from an archetype perspective. He's listed at 6'9". I think he's, he might be closer to 6'10", honestly. He's, a, he's just a big link. Maybe it's just because he's so skinny that he looks taller. But he's really lanky, tall guy um, with guard skills. <clears throat> where he, I can buy him. I think I could buy him as a primary initiator, uh, which is probably controversial. Controversial for a lot of people. Uh, but he has, he does show a lot of flashes of just passing and feel ability uh, that are kind of just you don't really see that with a lot of guys his size. Um, it's a little bit reminiscent of of a. Claxton, uh, but I think there's obviously there's differences between them, but in terms of passing, I feel like he um, just has a tall guy, architectural archetype-wise. Uh, Banton is kind of right there. Um, he's a really good on-ball defender, I think, uh, especially with the size. He's someone I think that will be able to switch in the future. Uh, someone who I think can uh, possibly guard one through five, um, but Kind of like with Giddy, I think faster guards can get around him a bit more, especially on the perimeter. Um, he's obviously the shooting is like I feel like I say this about pretty much every prospect, but so much so much of his success is going to rely upon that shooting, and it's just not there right now. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he's declared, I don't think he'll be in this draft. I, I think he's a junior right now, or I think he redshirted one year. Um, so next year he might enter the class uh but if if that shooting comes around um I feel like he has so many different skills um to defending uh being that size and passing at the level he does um where I can buy him as a guy that can be <clears throat> a rotational player at the next level uh at, at his peak um but obviously it's pretty much all that hinges on his shooting development and uh Right now, it's just not there. Um, hopefully, it develops in the future, uh, next year. Uh, but paired with that passing and the the feel for the game, um, I feel like he's he can he has the potential to be a difference maker for a team. Uh, and his route to success is probably on a team where there's a lot of shooters, where he can kind of uh, take full advantage of that passing and feel ability, um, and where his but his downfall as a shooter isn't as crucial. Um, he'll probably need to be on a team that gets him on a lot more strength and shooting development. A team like Miami would be really awesome for him, I think. Uh, but yeah, he's just someone to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, not not a draftable guy this year, I don't think. But moving forward, it has the potential to be. I think.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, you mentioned Giddy as like this absurd and weird prospect. I think (laughs) Banton is that even to an extra extent. Uh, Anytime you watched him play for Nebraska, it just looked weird. Um, You know, Kyle Anderson is someone, I think is a comp that probably gets thrown around too much uh, because anytime you see someone who's a little quirky, a little slow, but a playmaker and they're big, you think Kyle Anderson. Um, But I think it works here a little bit because of the defense. Um, Kyle Anderson is a really underrated defender on and off the ball. Uh, really smart, really big, can move his feet. Uh, and I see that a lot with Banton. Um, you know, needs to develop not just as a shooter, but in totality as a scorer, I think. Like, he still has some work to do with his toucher on the rim and uh, any, sort of, any sort of post situation. But uh, he, he's just such a fun guy, and he's the type of player you want to bet on. 6'9", smart uh pl- plays his role well plays good defense so I- i'm rooting for him super fun player to watch
2: yeah i definitely agree he's really really interesting he's really he's honestly pretty pretty fun to to watch uh um you guys basically said it all uh he actually i think he actually has a pretty quick first step for for being six nine. Uh, which which kind of and then being that tall and and long um, it allows him to finish at the rim uh, um, he's pretty good at finishing too with either hand uh, from from the games i watched uh, i think he shot 25 percent from three or something like that so um, i feel like the guys we've talked about have like all been bad from three um but but yeah he he's he definitely has room for improvement there. but um, He's like a constant, you know, a constant, uh, not triple-double threat, but he's a constant do-it-all um, threat. He can basically do everything for you. Uh, but he's also very versatile on defense, and he's pretty quick too, so it allows him to guard smaller and, and quicker players while also being able to switch on, on bigger fours maybe not centers yet but um if he does get a little little more strength he can probably even do that too but yeah he is really intriguing i i like that he's returning and uh you know he knows he knows that he's not ready yet um i do think he, he's going to improve his stock a lot though this upcoming year yeah
0: i think so uh davis do you want to talk about your guy
2: yeah so um i went with the pretty big name but he's not uh so much of a an elite prospect or a, a prospect even a prospect talked about it at all it's scotty pippen jr from from vanderbilt um he had a really strong sophomore year i think he had 21 points per game and that was like the vanderbilt season high um single season record or something like that but uh he also had five assists and like two steals a game. Shot eighty-five percent from the from the free throw line. So, I mean, not, he can obviously score from anywhere.
0: What I what I like about Scottie Pippen Jr. is that he's a he's a he's a dog on defense. Uh, really smart player, good scorer. I just I just worry, you know, a six-one, six-zero, something like that guard, uh, only has so much versatility. But pretty solid yeah. athlete, pretty solid shooter, solid decision maker, good defender. I mean, that that's a package of skills that, you know, if it all comes together, can can work in the league uh, as a backup point guard at the very least. So, uh, yeah,
2: I, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I cut off a little bit, but you're good. Um, I, I was just saying, yeah, I he led. I mean, Vanderbilt basically had nothing, uh, but he led them in scoring assist and steals. So. He was obviously the only bright spot on the team, um, but yeah, I, I he he is a little small. I mean, six one. It's not like tiny though. Uh, it is, you know, he has worries on defense, but he did hold his own in college. Um, plays passing lanes pretty well, and even a solid one on one defender. But I do think he should be talked about a little more. Maybe not, um, you know, as a necessarily like a draftable guy maybe like a late late second or um, a, a two-way player um, but yeah I actually do I actually do like 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 Pippen Jr. quite a bit
1: yeah I'm a Scotty Pippen Jr. fan in the sense that I, I, I personally would take a flyer on him as a two-way guy I think I think he's worth that um, you know he's you're not it's a low risk uh, I think not a super high reward but He's a guy that I think at, at his peak can be a rotational guy that gives you decent minutes um, just as a scoring punch off the bench. Uh, maybe he can handle the bars like a secondary initiator at times, uh, but not someone that, you know, is going to ever get like starter minutes or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm relatively high on Scottie Jr. in that sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's.
1: It, I... uh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you, I was just gonna say yeah I would agree uh probably probably a two-way guy maybe like a late second round flyer if if you need a guard um so I'll do my guy now uh this is probably a bit more out of nowhere than your guys is um but it's someone who I think deserves to be in the conversation very near and dear to my heart as a WSU student uh and that's, WS, or, and that's WSU guard Noah Williams um Noah is a is a 6'5 guard, um, really, really intense defender, iffy ball handler, but but developing decision maker. And the most interesting thing with Noah is that he developed from an absolute non shooter his freshman year to a a very consistent, very solid shooter uh, his sophomore year. He 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 developed his game a lot into being the best player on the team uh this last season and i think he's he's primed to take another jump uh entering his junior year and i think he's someone who deserves to be in the draft conversation at least a little bit because he's 6'5 if the shooting is real he's a he's a good shooter um really plays passing lanes can get around screens um and he's probably going to have a huge usage next season uh Probably not the ball in his hands a ton, so I know this is a bit of an out of nowhere one, but do you guys see Noah at all? or What are your thoughts?
1: I was just gonna say, I don't really have a, a good grasp on Noah Williams at this point in time. I didn't watch really any of him this year, uh, and what I did see of him last year was like just kind of because I was watching CJ Ellaby a bit, um, so I don't have a whole lot of uh thoughts on him at this point. Um,
2: uh, so when Noah Williams actually did watch a little bit of him just because I watched Pac-12. And as an Arizona um, fan, I do remember playing against Washington State uh, and seeing him a few games. I think, like, his freshman year, he didn't shoot at all or maybe shot, like, 10% from three. Um, But this last season, he was actually shooting threes, and I think he actually hit them at a consistent or uh, acceptable rate.
0: So, yeah, I, I just – I think WSU is, is low-key a team to watch next year, and, and I swear to God I'm not just a – I'm not just a homer. Um, I love that Kyle Smith just bets on wings. Uh, the team is full of fun wings. Uh, and then wings have a chance at the NBA level, and I think Noah – I think Noah's going to gonna put on a show next year. Um, but with that being said, uh, why don't you tell the guys where they can find you, Stone?
1: Uh, yeah, you can pretty much find all my work at Report underscore court. I do do some work for Lions.com, just updating their mock drafts. I put a new one up recently for this year, and I'm working on a 2022 one. Uh, But everything else you can find, uh, again, at my Twitter, at report underscore court.
2: Yeah, you can follow me or, uh, you know, find my big boards or, you know, these podcasts um, at at sportsbydavis on Twitter. I also have Instagram. um, That's at sportsbydavis.
0: And then you can find me at BryceHendrick14 on Twitter. Uh, And then all my work is at Roll Call Sports. Um, This has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thanks for watching.